0: Welcome back Double Portion Nation And we are excited to have Bishop back in the studio with us He has returned from his pilgrimage from the Holy Land And we're going to talk about that in this episode
1: Second Kings chapter 2 and verse number 9 reads like this And it came to pass when they were gone That Elijah said unto Elisha Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. Welcome to Double Portion Podcast. I owe my life to you in every way, for you have paid the price for me.
0: Welcome back, Double Portion Nation, to another episode with our host who is back in the studio with us, and that is. Bishop Elder, we are happy that he is back with us in the studio. we can get our crowd of applausers to work correctly. <laughs> and we are absolutely delighted to have you following along in this episode with us. Also, we're going to say this at the outset, that way we don't have to repeat ourselves over and over, but if at all possible you'll want to hop on YouTube and watch this episode. Uh, The reason why is because Bishop and the group that went over with him have a plethora of videos and pictures and recordings from their trip. And because we have an outstanding producer, he's going to be taking some of those videos and or pictures and putting them in this podcast. So you're going to want to watch this on YouTube if at all possible but we're happy to have you back, Bishop.
1: Thank you. I'm glad to be back. I'm so happy to be back with all of my uh, double portion friends and family and so glad to be back in the United States of America with all of the the problems that the news media tells us that we have. It's still the greatest nation in the world, and uh, man... Bacon and ham and sausage never tasted so good. y you, you you don't You don't know what you're missing until you're missing it, and you don't have it. So anyway, we had a wonderful time. Uh, we did go with Bishop Johnny King and Sister King, and I think it's premier Bible and Journeys is the name of their tours. And it was a pilgrimage, and it was. Uh, I think the the title of our pilgrimage was "Moments with Simon Peter," and it really is fascinating. and And uh, brother and sister King did a first class job. Shout out to them. Thank you so much. And brother, and sister Walker were part of that uh, uh, tour as well, and and Pastor Ken Bow. And what a wonderful time we had with him again. It's been a few years since I've seen him and his family, and we just had a great time with them and all of the other people that were with us. I think there was like 26 or 27 in our tour group, which is not very big, which I really like because there's some intimate times, and you can it's easier to move around and perhaps even get to see more places. I think one of the people, I don't think I walked this far, but uh, somebody in our group keeping record on their health deal on uh, on their iPhone and uh, Apple phone or whatever it was and they walked over 75 miles on this pilgrimage so it's certainly not a vacation but it I would do it again in a heartbeat I think uh, my wife and I Sister Elder and my wife and I uh, we walked about 65 miles I think is what our phone told us. And Melody, my daughter, was with us. So it was great. It's really fascinating because when you fly into uh, Tel Aviv, which is the main airport in Israel, Israel's not that big. I think I remember reading somewhere that the whole uh, country, (coughs) excuse me, the whole country of Israel is about the size of Rhode Island which is a very very small state. It may be a little bigger than that or a little uh less than that. I can't remember, but I'm pretty sure I remember reading it's around this this same uh landmass as Rhode Island, which is not a very big state at all. And it's amazing how that this little uh, country people uh which are commanded by God and favored by god has the attention of the whole world constantly because uh this is the way that god intended for it to be and uh and now the church is included in that and we may come back and talk about that if we do some eschatology but um the the minute you land in tel aviv when you land on the runway i think it's ben gurion airport that land is is full of history from the very beginning there. And the city of Tel Aviv is a biblical place that I believe was part of the tribe of Benjamin, if I remember right. And um, it was the place of Ono, or On, and Lode, Lodi and Ono, I believe, if I remember right. And this is perhaps the place where Hezekiah, or not Hezekiah, but Nehemiah was try, uh, where uh, Samballat S- and Tobias tried to lure Nehemiah off the walls of Jerusalem into this very valley where the airport is, and and to seduce him away from doing what God had called him to do, which is to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, and then right there, just, uh, I believe it's north of there, if I remember right, I'd have to look at my map, let me look at my map, I got my map here, Uh, I can't see it here, my glasses aren't good enough, but anyway, Joppa is right there, it's the city of Jaffa, which is a harbor city and there's so much. They say that Joppa is one of the oldest communities of of human people in the world. It's been there for so many, many years, and so much of history was there. A major battle was fought here by uh, many people. The Crusaders drove the Muslims out here, and then I think Saladin conquered it again, and then the Egyptians had it, and then uh, I'd have to go back and read, but I think that the... The Moors, the Turkish Moors, had it, and then uh, Napoleon came in and drove them out. And he—that was his headquarters in in the Middle East as he tried to to uh, conquer Jerusalem and all of that, because that was a great place, an incredible port for him to launch some of his battles. And there's the story of Jonah which is an amazing story in the Old Testament that occurred right here in Joppa. And, uh, and it was in Joppa that the Lord actually changed one of the laws of the Old Testament, which is still a phenomena to me, where he dropped a sheet of unclean animals in a vision to Peter. This is where all that occurred. And uh and Peter said, Oh Lord, I'm not gonna eat that. That's unclean, and nothing unclean has touched my lips, nor have I touched any unclean thing in my life. And the Lord told Peter, What I have cleansed, call not thou unclean. And so uh not only was this an old testament dietary law, which I, it's the only one I know of that that God uh, Changed in the New Testament as not dietary laws, but one of his laws. Uh but it was in reference to him receiving the Gentile people into his kingdom. That all occurred right there in Joppa. And Joppa is a beautiful city. In fact, uh this is where Simon the Tanner lived when Paul was on the road to Damascus and God struck him down, and this is quite a journey. Because the road to Damascus that Paul was on was quite a ways from this place, hmm. and you uh, know we were very close to the road of Damascus up in northern Israel, and uh, and it was here that they brought the Apostle Paul to Simon the Tanner, and they have a house that is still there that they attribute to Simon the Tanner's house. It was here that. Uh, was it Dorcas or Tabitha that had died and and it is here that God raised up Tabitha when Peter went in and prayed for her so much history is here in this city and uh they have good ice cream too I don't know if they had ice cream back in those days but they they do have good ice cream now and so, and then from there we went for uh to Caesarea Philippi which is uh, further north, it's still on the Mediterranean Sea or Ocean. The Mediterranean is just absolutely beautiful. And actually, if you travel that up north, you will go right up into Lebanon, which later on we were in the country of Lebanon. But uh, we went from there to Caesarea Philippi, which is probably where Paul was kept in prison Brother Walker was going to dive the the castle of Herod because it's underwater now because the, the incredible uh, engineering of Herod the Great had built a retained harbor there that is no longer functional and most of that wall is underwater and you can dive it and look at the old ruins and stuff today which would be a beautiful thing to do. I didn't dive... I, I don't dive so I wouldn't part of that excuse me I know I'm making some contortions here but this these air buds are giving me a fit here and and just on and on there's so many fascinating things so ask me some questions Mitchell
0: <clears throat> One of the questions that I've been thinking about since you all got back and I think I I think I know the answer that I would answer with but I've never been there either yet so but the question is this a lot of people come back from a trip to Israel um and they speak about the deep moves of God the very personal moves of God that they have while they're there so my question is this do you believe that it is more because they're in tune With what's going on, I'm going to push this in real quick, man. Sorry, it's driving me nuts. Do you believe that it's more because, like you said, it's a pilgrimage? Or do you believe that there really is a connection between God and that land?
1: I think there is a connection. I I think the Bible bears out that there is a connection between God and that land. First of all, God told Abraham, Everywhere that you put your foot, I will give it to you. And they don't have all the land they're going to have. Uh, And uh, they've lost some of the land that they should have. Like much of Jordan originally was part of Israel, and and, out into the southern areas, and then on up into. Syria, and Lebanon, and and they occupied Lebanon as as early as 2005, uh, the southern parts of Lebanon. Lebanon's not a very big country, but it plays a major role in biblical. I think Jesus went into Lebanon often. He did his first miracle right there, either on the border of Lebanon or in Lebanon, which was in the city of Cana, which is right on the Lebanese border and the Assyrian border. And we were there in Cana, Still seeing the trenches from the Six Day War that are still there, and you could throw a rock into Syria and into Lebanon and that part of it. And Jesus did, he turned the water into wine in the city of Cana. In fact, Brother Azar gave me a very fascinating history of his namesake. The Azars are very old family there, and he talks about the high priest during the days of Jesus was Eliezer and how that the connection between those two countries is very, very common and how there could have been a connection there. And and just fascinating uh, how that those people are, are all, they all play a role in what God is doing in that area. The second reason why I feel like that God has specifically designated that land to his people as he said he did he said, "The land that I have given you is a land of it's a good land." He said, "It's a goodly land, but it's a land of hills and valleys. <laughs> and if you go to Israel, it is a land of very I, I they you know they're they're as high as the Smoky Mountains in America, and then some other places in the deserts that are around uh, in Arizona and Nevada and some of those places." They're not as high as our Rocky Mountains, but uh, Mount Hermon uh, is 9,300 feet high. That's a high mountain. It's almost 10,000 feet high. In fact, the only ski resort that they have in Israel is on Mount Hermon. And so, uh, uh, and we saw Mount Hermon from both sides. We saw Mount Hermon from from the northern part of Israel, we actually drove to the gates of hell, which is right at the foot of Mount Hermon, right where the the original source, the springs of the Jordan River and the mountain flow of the Jordan River comes in right there, which feeds that whole valley. If you look at it, that's, that Jordan, Jordan Valley runs the whole length of the nation of Israel. We were there on that side, and then from the Lebanese side, we saw Mount Hermon, and I took some pictures of that as well. And Mount Hermon is is, uh, one of the the main water source uh, as far as the heavenly water. Uh, The living water, I learned so much from our guide. The living water comes from Mount Hermon there in Israel. And so, uh, uh, and and other times, it it does rain. For it to be living water, it has to come from the heavens. And it can't come from wells within. It has to come from the heavens. Now, the water that gets into the well can be living water, but it's still got to come from the heavens for it to be living water. And uh, I learned that on this trip. So uh, God said the land that I give you is a goodly land. But it's a land of hills and valleys. But it's a good land. And he said, my eyes are upon it continually. And so, yes, I do believe there's a connection there. I believe that through the Holy Ghost, we have the blessings of Abraham in our life. Galatians chapter 3 tells us very clearly that all of the promises that God gave to Abraham came to us through the cross and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So anybody that obeys the gospel and repents and is baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and is filled with the Holy Ghost, has the blessings that God put into Abraham's life. And so when they go to that land, they feel that connection. They just feel it. It's just there. Um, you know, we can talk about some of those encounters. I watched people at different, various places where God would... You just have to go to understand... You know, the geography plays a massive role in the storyline, if you have a story, or even history. And, and so it's just, it's a massive part of your understanding. Uh, for example, you don't realize that when Mary was pregnant, that she had to travel almost 100 miles, right on the cusp of that baby being born, either on foot or on a donkey. And 100 miles doesn't sound like much to us today, but you try to walk 100 miles, or you try to go 100 miles on a donkey, 8 months, 9 months pregnant. And uh, that's that's a big journey.
0: And miles. that's through the mountains. Yeah, it would be um, longer. Have you ever wondered what's at the root of homelessness? I used to try to describe it to my husband that um, I said, I feel like I'm in this big spider web and I'm stuck in there. And how wraparound approaches at missions aim to make a difference.
1: It's the things like that. The people who communicated that in spite of my rough edges, that they authentically cared about me.
0: On the Restorers podcast, we'll talk to experts, investigate current issues, share stories, and give you an inside look at how we at Water Street Mission Tackle issues related to homelessness and poverty every single day. Join us by searching Restorers wherever you find your podcasts. Then going from here to Denver. Yeah, we're right at that. Denver's 110 miles. Yeah, on foot. Through Monument Pass.
1: Through Monument Pass or or actually even up through uh, Canyon City and 287, you know because there's more mountains than there is just on monument pass in that way unless they went through the jordanian valley which would be, even be longer and so uh, that that's quite a journey that's an amazing journey you don't realize that you don't realize that the that the place where the shepherds were were kind of in mountains jerusalem is only 6 miles from bethlehem It's rocky. There's caves everywhere. We didn't go to Bethlehem this time, but the last time I was there, I was in Bethlehem. And so, it was a very touching moment. Now, Bethlehem itself is so commercialized, and uh, it's really, it's turned into a huge city. Mm -hmm. But, the surrounding area there is still, uh, you can see, or the last time I was there, it wasn't so built up. You could see the the pasture land where they kept the watch over their flocks by night and the angels appeared unto them
0: hmm. another thing that you've talked to us about <clears throat> is how close like for instance when you i believe it's when you went to petra and then again i think you were talking about when you were on mount nebo but how how you can see you can see into lebanon you can see into syria you're in Israel, or you're in one of these other countries. Especially for those of us from the United States, it's really hard for us to grasp how close all of that is. Because, I mean, for us, even in one state, chances are your state that you're in is quite a bit larger than that whole area. I think in the old days, it's not this
1: way now, but still yet, Russia is one of the largest landmass countries. It used to be the largest when it was the USSR. I think Canada is number two and China is number three and we're number four, or we may even be bigger than China in landmass area. So we don't realize, you know, the proximity of those other nations around them, especially Colorado, because we're landlocked right in the middle of the United States, you know. But there, uh, it's amazing. Like on the north end, when we went to visit Mount Hermon, we were we went into Cana, which was up through Corazin. The last time I was in Israel, I didn't get to visit Corazin and Bethsaida and and those those cities that the Lord berated. He said, Woe unto thee, Corazin. Woe unto thee, Bethsaida, and thou Capernaum if the mighty works which had been done in thee had been done in Tyre and Sidon. Well, Tyre and Sidon, the reason why he referenced that is because Tyre and Sidon's only 20 miles away from there. You don't realize that. And, mm-hmm. and Cana is closer than that. And so Tyre and Sidon, when I was standing in, in uh, right on the coast of uh, Sidon, I believe it was, or Tyre, I was looking right over into Israel, on the Mediterranean Sea. So it's just incredible, all of that area. Well, Jesus visited Tyre and Sidon. I'm sure he did. It wasn't that far away. That was where he. That was up in the area where he lived. And so when he makes those statements, uh, the proximity there, we don't realize that until you go and you see Chorazin. There, they are. uh, They are uh uh oh, excavating Corazon right now. There's some incredible stuff that they found there in Corazon. Some of the architecture is just amazing. I love architecture. And it's just amazing that is there. And that's not too far north. Uh you you go up I don't know if you actually go into the Golan Heights, but up up towards the Golan Heights and then you uh break off and you go further north there into Chorazin right on up into the land of Canaan and, and we ate up there somewhere I don't remember exactly where but it was right on our way up to Mount Hermon and uh, just magnificent views just incredible views of of
0: mountainous country there so <clears throat> this is just a side note but I think we as young people especially growing up um, the first real encounter I had to this what I'm about to speak about was I was listening to a man of God preach several years ago and he began to talk about the palace basically would be the correct term I think he began to talk about the palace of Joseph and I was like what do you mean the palace of Joseph and while he was preaching he began to cite (coughs) that they know archaeologically they know for a fact now i know we we jumped to egypt but there's a reason why they well know it's not egypt. that far
1: away in fact if you look on a map i didn't realize even when we were in tel aviv we were only
0: were right 40 there. 50 miles from egypt yeah well and it was while you were talking i didn't want to interrupt you but it the only nation technically that you didn't go into that would be the full pilgrimage was egypt because they come out of egypt into where you were but he began to talk about how they know, for a fact, they know where Joseph's palace was. They've excavated it. Well, and I I grew up in the United States, which is predominantly, I know, sadly, we're drifting really far from this, but historically is a Judeo-Christian nation. And on top of that, I grew up in a Christian school and still had no idea and what this man of God began to Pull out is that if you'll go dig, there's mountains of archaeological evidence that they've found that comes behind the word of God and solidifies virtually everything they try to find. Yeah. They find it and it backs it up. But if we're not careful, or if if we're not careful, we allow this post- modern modernity postmodern way of thinking mentality yeah and this deconstructionism it's part of the deconstruction attitudes it comes in and it tells us well that's just a 2000-year-old book full of fables but literally right now all over the middle east they are digging up archaeological evidence that it backs us up and it just brought that to mind when you were talking about yet again they're digging and they're finding all this stuff and the interesting thing to me was that I didn't even have to dig that far. I didn't even really have to. I When he mentioned that, I thought I was going to be like, okay, I'm going to have to learn how to research. Like, he's researching within four or five minutes on YouTube. I was finding so much archaeological evidence that they, even out of Jerusalem. Are you driven by
1: a desire to create change? dive into from passion to purpose
0: where we unlock the stories of nonprofit trailblazers get inspired as leaders share invaluable tips and transformative tales that
1: empower you to make a lasting impact in your community tune in and ignite your passion into purpose today well jerusalem they have done Israel has done a fabulous job of excavating. In fact, we now, when I went this year, they have walled this area up. But the first time I went seven years ago, they actually had a door. You go down underneath the the uh, what is known as the Wailing Wall, the, or the, uh, the I think it's the Western Wall. You go down under there, and they have excavated the original Jerusalem. The original city, clear back in David and Solomon's day. In fact, they have the water system that David developed, and probably brought it off of where Joab went up in and conquered the city from the Jebusites. They have all of that excavated now. They have the they have the uh, castle of David excavated. <clears throat> the 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 Israeli people are like, and I say this in a good way. They're like they're like gophers and rats they have excavated underneath that city like you cannot believe to the to the degree that even the united nations has tried to stop them but they are they are preserving their heritage which god put that in them and apostolic should have this too because one of satan's big tricks is he wants to wipe the record of your faith off of the face of the earth yeah. He is the annihilator. The Bible says he's a thief. He's come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That word destroy me it comes from the Greek word anneal. It's where we get our word annihilate. And he wants to wipe the record of Jesus being off and sadly I've even seen some apostolic preachers that have bought into this postmodern craziness. And I understand that. I understand in fact if you don't know much about that, go listen to my message Sunday morning about uh, you know the need for both empiricalism and and the spirituality of of being uh, being spiritual. I understand that. However, uh, there's just things about the Word of God that I will never will relinquish to anybody. And so, uh, part of that is Satan wanting to wipe the record yeah. of God's people being here and Jesus being here. Uh. In Jordan, we actually went, and if you'll remind me, Brother uh, Jordan, if you'll remind me, Brother Jordan, about our trip to Jordan. (laughs) uh, I forgot our bot's name is Jordan. (laughs) No, it's Brother Jordan. Uh, In Jordan, we went to the castle of Herod where John the Baptist lost his head. And it's just a tale now. that's what it's a ruin you can always tell these you can tell these tales because they're just mounds of dirt where civilizations come in and destroyed them and burned them you can actually see the burn line in places in jerusalem which is part of archaeology and and when we were in shiloh sister walker kicked up some some pottery there that that dates back to the to the Israelis and the Canaanites when they first came into Shiloh. And I told her, you need to keep that piece of pottery. There's pottery all over there. And really that pottery is how that archaeologists date particular times. For example, uh, the first time I went to Jericho, which is south of Jerusalem, uh, our guide on that trip told us that there never were any walls to Jericho. And that was the modern thought concept even of a lot of archaeologists that were supposedly christian archaeologists that it was a myth from from bible days that it didn't really happen uh i, I didn't get to talk to our our guide this time who was fabulous uh, shout out to eli uh, he was just incredible our guide in israel this time but I didn't argue with the guy the last time, but the reason why is because where the modern city Jericho is is not the original city of Jericho. You got to go to Tell Jericho,
0: yeah.
1: And if you go to the Tell Jericho, it, it shows exactly how God brought those walls down, and actually used them for a ramp for the Israeli to
0: go up. army
1: to go right up into that city and conquer the city. It's it's just it's all there, but they there's. They tried to say that that there was no dating there that was uh applicable to the time that Joshua conquered, but it was they they were they didn't they weren't looking at the pottery the way they should have looked at the pottery, and they they actually have found that there. so those are examples of God's word being accurate. I'm not an apologist. I do believe there's a place in the church for apologetics. And I I really appreciate those that have given their lives. But I want to tell you, the Bible is not an apologetic book. The Bible is a book of faith. And it will confirm itself. The Lord said, my word will not, Isaiah 55, my word will not return unto me void. It will accomplish what I sent it out to do. So uh, eventually... I mean, if that is the ministry that God has called you to, that's fascinating. There's plenty of evidence for that. Um, here's a controversial subject. Uh, our guide, Eli, said that they crossed through the Reed Sea, not the Red Sea. And I almost stood up and said, Eli, you're full of baloney. You know, he hadn't done his homework. It's very obvious by reading the scripture that they crossed through the Red Sea. And there's evidence for that. And if sometime we'll come back and we'll deal with that in an apologetic manner. But I didn't want to get in fuss with him because I really like him a whole bunch. But uh, I'll just give you one example. If that's the case, then was Solomon playing toy ships when the Bible says, and he uses the same Hebrew word. I think it's uh, something, yam or something like that. The same Hebrew word that they try to translate, reed sea. the Bible says that Solomon in Second Chronicles built a whole port on the Red Sea for his ships to move into and, and to do the uh merchandising that they were doing well obviously he didn't build that he didn't build that port on the Reed Sea he built it on the Red Sea and there's other evidences for that and uh God doesn't need any help for his miracles He don't have to have us explain his miracles away so and and that's just a few of the ways that modern uh postmodernism or not postmodernism but modern modernism has tried to explain away how great our God is. And and there's wonderful evidences that keep cropping up that that the word of God has not returned on him void. And let me explain on the Reed sea we don't know exactly where the children of Israel crossed. It may have been way up on the Suez side where there's a Suez Canal now and so we don't know that but i'll tell you this it wasn't no swamp because the bible says that there was water on the right side of them and there was water on the left side of them there were two walls of water and they walked between those walls and that's very clarified in the bible so uh, you know that's just that's my little rant for this part of the the program here
0: it is it is <clears throat> i believe it's beneficial with all the technology that we have now because I've never been to Israel um but even with some of the some of the places that you're naming I have been because of technology have been able to research them and study them and to see videos of it um which I strongly encourage you to do if you're Yeah if to this. you're a true
1: student of the word of God the geography in these places are very important to you Having the full understanding of the Word of God,
0: so we do encourage you to uh, to dig into it. But we also encourage you to go if you if yeah. You, I'm sorry for interrupting. If me, you're in you. a place financially where you can do that and time wise, go. Yeah. While we were in
1: Petra, Brother Walker really fascinated me with something that he said uh we were going to hang out together and we got he walked in and i i rode in on a golf cart which i should have just walked in but anyway uh so i lost track of him and uh but he went up into where the tombs were because he had read something in there which petra's full of tombs uh, a lot of the a lot of the architecture there's attributed to the tombs of the kings and stuff that were in there and i i don't know enough about petra i need to read more about it excuse me but um he was reading somewhere so he was looking that there were hebrew uh inscriptions and writings and stuff in those tombs that's what he was looking for or something i don't want to put words in his mouth but uh while he was in there he feels like, from indications, from what he's read about the Apostle Paul, that this is the Arabia that Paul talks about. Well, it never clicked in my mind till I went there. If you look at it, Petra is maybe forty miles from Arabia, part of that Arabian Peninsula, and uh, and so uh, I didn't realize that till we went down into the southern part of Israel and we crossed over there on the Aqaba the the Gulf or the I think it's the Gulf of Aqaba which is right there. That is the I believe that is the eastern fork of the Red Sea. The western fork moves up towards the Suez and the Suez Canal that is closer to uh, Ramses and Cairo. I, I'd have to go back and look at a map to make sure I'm being accurate here. But when we were there in the city of Aqaba, Jordan, we drove right up to the border gates of of Saudi Arabia. I was 1,200 feet from Saudi Arabia, and while I was there, I'm standing in Jordan, and I look to my right, and maybe four miles across the Red Sea, there is Egypt. And then back to the north of me, across the Red Sea, is Israel. And I'm standing in Jordan. So uh, it, it could make very much sense that Paul spent those 13 years of silence, Arabia, in that area of the country instead of actually being somewhere actually in Saudi Arabia. And he may have been in Saudi Arabia because that's part of the wilderness that the children of Israel so close to when they come up around, if they came around like some people do, they were in Arabia for a while. Sinai is not that far from Arabia, hmm. and so all of that just makes more sense when you go there and you see it and you're looking at a map it's just it's just fascinating it's a fascinating country there's just so much history about our faith everywhere over there
0: well. <clears throat> Realistically, it's the birthing ground of the all of the major religions of the world, which is Judaism, Christianity. And well, that because that's the cradle of humanity. It is. Even the, even, historically, speaking, that's the the Sumerian people come from the whole. I believe they call it the Nile Basin, but they do believe that that civilization as we know it, that's where it began, which is it's fascinating to me because when you read the Bible, that is the focal point of Scripture. And now, historically, even people that are totally averse and opposed to Scripture, maybe not even in a hostile way, but they think it's just a book of fables, but when they begin to speak as historians they begin to talk about how this is the focal point of history. Um, and this is not a, a slight at anybody, but a, a long time ago, I came across a picture. I guess now it would be referred to as a meme. Then it was just a picture. And it was a, a bunch of uh older men, and they were in robes and... and um, different forms of you could tell it's spiritual or religious dress and they were sitting on the peak of a mountain and they all had scrolls and books and stuff open and then there was a <coughs> there was one person that was crawling up over the top of the mountain and they were in a lab coat a lab coat and in the one little caption that it had was the the man in the lab coat was asking the the other gentleman are sitting up there, he said, what are you doing here? And it dri- it just drives home the point that if we're not careful, we can spend all this time wandering around in our, our lab coats, which is not, this isn't a slight, there's a time and a place to put on your lab coat, but you can spend all this time wandering around with your lab coat and if you just picked up your Bible, it would get you there a lot faster. That is so good
1: and uh, that's, That's why I make these trips is to, it's like the Apostle Paul, wherever he was, if he was in Arabia in those 13 years of silence, or some people think he went back to Tarshish where he was from, which is part of Turkey, wherever he was, and the Lord spoke to him face to face. He said he was taught by Jesus Christ himself and then he said after those years that he went up to jerusalem to make sure that he had not ran in vain and that he had not uh got off track and what he discovered was all of that lab work that god had given him was exactly what jesus had given his disciples yeah and so if we will read the word of god believe the word of god again there's nothing wrong with apologetics. But apologetics are for, for inquisitive minds. And, and there is a place for that. But the Bible is a book of faith. And, and so that's the seedbed of all inspiration is faith and hope. And so uh, out of that, out of the fertility, the soil of that faith, The Bible likens faith as a seed and it likens the kingdom of God as a seed in very close chapters there in Matthew. Except you have faith as the grain of mustard seed and the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed, Jesus says. And so out of that seed of faith, the kingdom of God is born. And so these trips from my part, on my part, are just to validate lest I have ran in vain. And uh, so uh, the and there's so much here. I mean, we just touched the surface of where we went. Uh, Brother and Sister King did a very thorough job. In fact, he wrote a book that I would recommend. That that I don't even know if you can buy it. I don't know if he's even. I know he's published it, but I don't know if you can buy it. But it's very fascinating because he he did a lot of research in this book. And I would encourage you, if you're a reader, to see if you can get a hold of it from Brother King, because it it is very fascinating he did a lot of good work in it that was part of our journey was he the the
0: the book that he gave us um when i was speaking with bishop king about it at summit in september the um the vibe that i got from him is you have to go on the tour to get the book well he was just the
1: about you and jeff going on this trip, and I would love to do that. And and uh, it would be so awesome to have you and Jeff on this trip with me. Melody did get to go this round, but it, anybody that is a serious student of the Word of the Lord needs to do a pilgrimage into that land. I That's not all. I mean, not everybody can do this, but I want to do the seven churches of Asia. And I want to go to Egypt because that's where it all started. And and I want to go to Iraq. And brother Azar, he did invite me to go to Iraq, but I I don't I haven't got up enough nerve yet to go with him. But I'm I'm working on it. I'm praying on it because that's where Babylon was, and that's where yeah. that's where Abraham comes from. That's the land of the Chaldeans, the land of Ur. Yeah. And so uh, you know, that's all of that is part of our journey of faith.
0: Well, and it's. Like for instance, when you all flew home, you, your layover was in Rome, which during Jesus' time was was the capital. And if you look at a map of the Roman Empire, you begin to understand why Paul would be in Arabia and why John would write to the seven churches of Asia because it's all the Roman Empire. It's all this dominating the Mediterranean area is the Roman Empire. <clears throat> So, a little bit jealous, but it's okay. It's uh, Actually, while you were on your pilgrimage, uh, my brother and I, we got to go to L.A., and we went in a day early, and we took some time, and we snuck down to the Bonnie Bray house. And oh, and Azusa, Azusa Street. Azusa. Oh, that's awesome. So, that was cool. That's part of the pilgrimage. It is. It yes. was. And it's been... Uh, was but, Brother Booker with you? No. So unfortunately, what we didn't know is we landed Thursday morning, and if we would have called the bishop, Bishop Booker, right then, he actually did a whole <coughs> Azusa tour. Oh, my
1: goodness. But we didn't know about it.
0: So we were about two hours behind them the entire time. Of course, he went to a lot more places. We just went to Bonnie Bray, and then we went to Azusa. But it was it, it was cool to do it this year because inadvertently I've— I've ended up at several places. Um, For instance, my wife and I drove, and her parents, we drove to Florida this year to go to Brother William's Youth Conference. And while we were driving there, I went and I stopped by where um, Stone's Folly used to be. Topeka, Kansas. Now it's the Catholic Church. But we went straight, I mean, the interstate we took went right next to it, so I was able to stop and go, and I, you know, now it's a Catholic church, but I took a picture of it, so I was able to go there, and then all over in Kansas is where the revival started, and down in Houston, and then so that's a more a much more modern pilgrimage, but if it's still part of the same pilgrimage, yeah. If that's all you can do, and that's all I could do, <laughs> but it, well, it was it. Especially because of studying, like, for instance, Bonnie Bray House for so long. And you see the pictures and you and as much as I've studied, I know what the inside looks like. And then you get to go stand there and you look at it and you realize this really is. And then you understand, like, for instance, you understand why they called them holy rollers, because the Bonnie Bray House really does sit really high from the road. And now it's it's all concrete layers but then it was a hill. And so you understand that the things that you've read about that they would they would fall out in the Holy Ghost and speaking in tongues they would roll down the hill into the street. Now that's actually where we get the term holy roller. But it's it's a lot different when you're standing there and you're looking at the front porch.
1: Yeah, well, and some other things that people don't realize, Azusa Street is such a part of the lore of our heritage. When you think of Azusa Street, in your mind, it's massive, but it's yeah. only an alley when and you get really there. Is. It's less than a half block long. And, and when you realize that all he could afford to rent was a horse stable. Yes. And, and to shout out to all of our Spanish friends, what I've heard is the first ones that received the Holy Ghost were the Spanish immigrants that were taking out the they horse manure, out the stable. cleaning out the stalls. Right. And as yeah. they heard them pray and stuff, the Holy Ghost came upon them, you know. So all of that's part of our heritage as well. You know, all of this comes together. And I encourage young people, uh, don't be a part of this postmodernism where you are so deconstructed that you're disconnected from your heritage. Uh, that is a plan of Satan is to totally destroy that. But, but God established feast and principles in the Old Testament, and we have some of those in the New Testament so that we would not forget. We cannot forget where we came from. And all of this is part of the pilgrimage that we we, we were on. And hopefully uh, you, Brother Mitchell, and Brother Jordan, and, and Jeffrey, and serious students of the Word of God, uh, one day God will make it possible for you to make that a part of your life too.
0: Well, to all of you out there in the podcast land, We love you. Thank you for tuning in to this episode. Um, If you have questions for Bishop and the places that he went, reach out to us. You can do that via leaving a review in the podcast app, or if you're on YouTube, just drop a comment. Feel free to ask questions to engage with us. And if you've been to places from either your heritage or from the heritage of the Bible and then or Azusa Street, all of this, let us know about it. Interact with us. Thank you for joining us, and we'll catch you on the next one.